This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Just to uh, start us off, uh, Acts 21 verses 17 to the end, then Acts 22, verses 1 to 29. So in a half-hour service, we'll probably get to uh, read the scripture and uh, talk about it a little bit. Okay, so that's... (laughs) It's a start, yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's uh, where this is today. Um, Whilst you're getting your Bibles ready, uh, etc., there are one or two questions I have for you. Starting off with, ah, oh, fantastic, we've got some young people here. I wonder who your favourite superhero is. All right, so if you, do you know any superheroes? Iron Man, Captain America. Iron Man, Captain America. Anybody else? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Fantastic, yes. Is that it? You haven't got any? Surely there's an Iron Man. Love that. Batman. Oh, I like Batman. He's got such cool cars. It's just so good. So what's up there? There was another one. That's okay. Uh, if you don't want to say who your super superhero is, uh, I like the Incredibles. Uh, they're, they're pretty uh, impressive, etc. I'm just going to try and keep an eye on the time. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, I'm talking about superheroes is because uh, I've titled my piece here Bible Heroes. So I'm sure you've got some. And as we've, once we've uh, read through the scripture and so forth, because I think that's probably an important part to do today, um, it's, uh, it, it's about Bible heroes. So uh, we're going to read through uh, this lovely piece of scripture, uh, starting at verse 17. So Acts 21, verse 17. Uh, when we arrived in Jerusalem, if I put it into context, James uh, was, was preaching out the pre- preceding uh, chapters, and uh, we heard the story of how Paul, on his way to Jerusalem, was being told by all those around him, don't go. If you go to Jerusalem, terrible things are going to happen. They're going to arrest you. They're going to beat you. They're going to do nasty things to you, actually. And uh, he was ignoring them, um, not because he thought they were wrong, because actually in other verses we hear that actually he had already been told by God he was going to Jerusalem and some challenging things were going to happen to him. And if, you, if, if we remember back in uh, a couple of chaps earlier, he said he needed to go to Rome. Well, this was a free ticket to Rome, what was actually happening here, because they were going to arrest him and actually take him to Rome. So um, that, that's what, where this puts into context. Um, so when we arrived in Jerusalem, the brothers and sisters uh, received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James and the elders 
and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And if you remember, there were some amazing miracles that were, were happening. Uh, people were healed. They used to take garments and uh, even aprons around. And people, if they touched them, people were healed. Uh, and when they heard this, the praise, they praised God. And then they said to Paul, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed. And all of them are zealous for the law. They have been informed that you teach all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn away from Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or live according to customs. What shall we do? They will certainly hear that you have come, so do what we tell you. There are four men with us who have made a vow. Take these men join in their purification rites and pay their expenses so that they can have their heads shaved, then everyone will know there is no truth in these reports about you. But you yourself are living in obedience to the law. As for the Gentiles, Gentile believers, we have written to them our decision that they should abstain from foods sacrificed to idols, from blood and from meat or strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. And if you remember, they, they, wrote, that, uh, they wrote the letter to the Gentiles trying to um, clarify that they didn't need to fulfill the old commandments of the law reference circumcision and so many other things. The next day, Paul took the men and purified himself along with them. Then he went to the temple to give notice of the date when the days of purification would end and the offering would be made for each of them. Here he was, ready to actually pay and do all the things referenced to the law. Why? Because the believers there uh, were upset that he wasn't going to that he had been teaching people to do uh, all of the religious things they thought were necessary. So here we are. Um, when the seven days were nearly over, some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. They stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, shouting. Fellow Israelites, help us. This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people and our law. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple and defiled this holy place. They had previously seen, seen Timphemus, the Ephesian, in the city with Paul and assumed that Paul had brought him into the temple. The whole city was aroused and the people came running from all directions, seizing Paul. They dragged him from the temple and immediately the gates were shut. While they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. He at once took some officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd. When the rioters saw the commander and his troops, they stopped beating Paul. The commander came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. Then he asked who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowd shouted one thing and some another. And since the commander could not get, a, get at the truth because of the uproar, he ordered Paul be taken into the barracks. When Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great 
he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that followed kept shouting, get rid of him. As the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked the commander, may I say something to you? Do you speak Greek, he replied. Aren't you the Egyptian who started a revolt and led 4,000 terrorists out into the wilderness some time ago? Paul answered, I'm a Jew from Tarsus of Sicilia, a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to the people. After receiving the commander's permission, Paul stood on the steps and motioned to the crowd. And when they were all silent, he said to them, Brothers and sisters, listen now to my defense. And when they heard him speak in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the laws of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persuaded the followers of I pursued and persecuted the followers of this way to death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. As the high priests and all the councils can themselves testify, I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus. And I went to bring people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. Now, about noon, as I came near Damascus, um, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I ask. I am Jesus of Nazareth, who you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up. Be baptized, wash away your sins, and come into the calling. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people there will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believed in you. 
And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him, he is not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported, What are you going to do? This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship, but I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. So here are amazing Bible verses. And when I first read this scripture, one of the things that struck me seriously was what happened in it? What was I actually going to preach out of this scripture? Because when you read the book of Acts, this is just another one. This is just another time where he was being chased, beaten, or having to get out of a city very quickly because of persecution. And when I first started to, when I first read the uh, the, the um, chapter and a half, um, I thought, well, okay, what do you want to say, Lord? And uh, and yet, when I really started to think about Paul's position here, here was a man who was willing to pay any price. He was really <laughs> willing to pay any price, even in the midst of being beaten by a huge crowd wanting to kill him, (laughs) wanting to kill him, he wants to stop on the steps and actually tell them the good news about Jesus. To all the people that really wanted to see him dead. So when I thought about it, I I was thinking about uh, heroes and and what a hero Paul was to be able to be just so brave in the midst of this. And uh, one of of the key parts of this scripture is when Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And uh, one of the things that struck me this morning whilst we were, uh, li- while we were worshipping, etc., uh, th- this whole thing about Jesus sort of saying, to, saying to Saul on the road, who became Paul, why are you persecuting me? And uh, Jesus doesn't say it just once He's, to, to, to uh, Saul, who became Paul. He said it twice there. Why are you persecuting me? And actually, who was Saul persecuting? He was actually persecuting the people of church. 
He was persecuting the likes of you and me. He was dragging them out of their churches and putting them in prison. And yet Jesus, when he describes what Paul was doing, he says, you're persecuting me. You're hurting me. Those that you're putting in jail and, and, and hurting, Jesus describes you and I as himself. And I think there's a really great uh, representation there. Hold on a moment. Who am I? Well, actually, and who was Paul? Because Paul was born again, he was in Christ. And when, all the, when any of the believers actually became Christians, and when you became a Christian, you became one in Christ. So when people do things that are unpleasant uh, because you're a Christian, they're not just doing it to you, they're actually doing it to Jesus. And that's where Jesus is saying, Paul, Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And uh, when I was looking at heroes, etc., I had this thing about the faithful witness that Paul was. So um, I've got a couple of slides that are going to come up on the screen in a moment. Um, so if we could skip through to the pictures, James, can we do that? Thank you. Here we go. So, um, so here's, a, here's a, a, a biblical hero. I wonder if you can guess who it is. Who do you think it is? Daniel in the lion's den. Great. Okay, that was our starting point. Now, it was a bit hard going, I've got to say. I thought I'd have an awful lot more ideas about, um, let's just say, cartoon characters being heroes earlier. All right? I thought I'd get more of that. You know, who, who are the superheroes? Uh, but I'd like you to uh, throw out some ideas. In the Bible, who are our great heroes in the Bible? Who would you say? David. David. Oh, wonderful. David. I've got a picture of David coming up. It's just, just super. Uh, who else? Who else have we got? Noah. Oh, yeah, he's a great story of Noah. Uh, who else have we got? Joseph. Jesus. I like Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I've got to go with Jesus. He's our hero of heroes. Okay. Anybody else? Elijah, he's coming up too. Smash it, wonderful. So, okay, so if this is Daniel, could you put the next one up for me, James? That'd be great. Okay, who's this? Moses, fantastic. Okay, and the next one, James? Who could this be? Esther, fantastic. And the next one, James? That's it, is it? All right, were you? Fantastic, I like that. Now, my question for you is, why were they heroes? In, the, in, the, in one context, superheroes that you mentioned earlier, whether it be Batman or Spider-Man, they were heroes for reasons. And when you have a look at these people, they were heroes for reasons. And I wonder what sort of reasons you think they were heroes. All right, so uh, I'd love to hear some ideas. If we were looking at uh, Daniel, why was he a hero? What sort of... Th Sorry? Trusted God. He really did trust God. What did he do that demonstrated his trust in God, Daniel? Because he didn't put himself in the lion's den. Sorry? Can you remember? They made, they, cast, they made some laws, etc., where he had to go and worship uh, um, the, the, the gods of, of, uh, of uh, the, the nation that he was in captivity in, and he refused to do it. He refused to do it. His witness was why he was being persecuted. 
Okay? So when we start having a look at who a hero is in the midst of this, and, and uh, it might seem uh, a little bit... Uh, well, I'm going for it anyway. If you were thinking of someone like Spider-Man, why was he a hero? That might have given him some superpowers. I've got that, okay. And uh, in one regard, Jesus is in me. What makes me a hero? Jesus was in Saul, become Paul. What made him a hero? Jesus was in him. Spider-Man got bitten by, a, by some amazing spider, uh, etc. But what actually made them heroes? Because there are plenty of baddies out there. You can tell I sort of geared this up for the children as much as adults. But there are plenty of baddies out there with superpowers. Okay? They're not heroes. What makes you a hero? Stood up for truth and justice. I love that. For themselves. For others. And for God. So when we're having a look at superheroes, okay, uh, what makes a person a superhero? The fact that they're willing to sacrifice themselves for others. Sacrifice themselves for faithfulness and as a witness to God. In the world, if you want to become great, there are a couple of things you're going to need to do. It's not by chance men and women in the world become great. How did they, oh, might as well do Esther when she was up there. How did Esther become, what, what, how was Esther a hero, a heroine? How, how was she? What did she do? The, the picture is, is, is where she became the hero. She went before the king, and there was a death sentence if you went before the king uninvited. You're not allowed in here. Uh, so here she was, going before the king. Why did she go before the king? Can you remember the story? Sorry? Save her people. Absolutely, they were going to kill all the, all the Jews that were actually in captivity, and she knew she had to go in there. She was talking to her uncle, and she was saying to him, I can't go in there, they'll kill me because I'm not invited. And actually, there she was, thinking about, at the, ready to go in. That must have taken a lot of courage, wasn't it? When we're starting to think about who our biblical heroes are, they are willing to go in. They're willing to go and pay that amazing price, if necessary. If necessary. So if you want to become famous in the world, what sort of things have you got to do? I mean, if you want to be really good at something in the world, what have you got to do? Practice. Oh, I love it. So it could be, one of the, I've got a list of things. So you might want to be a great musician. You might want to be great, a great athlete. You want to be a really successful business person. You've got to practice. And if you're going to put practice in, you've got to put a lot of effort in, haven't you? You've got to put your time in. You've got to put sacrifice in. If you want to be really great at anything, then we have to work at stuff. So in the world, that's the sort of story that actually... Um, that was good. I was just looking at the time, because I'm, I'm very aware that sometimes uh, when you stand up here, time just disappears. 
And you're thinking, oh, my goodness. Uh, so unlike uh, the world, um, to actually get our rewards in heaven, all right, to earn rewards in heaven is impossible. It's not by works all right, that we get into heaven. Having get, said that, Jesus does actually make some promises around uh, some of the blessings that, that we are going to get. Uh, but when you have a look at uh, what we do in the world to gain um, notoriety, etc., those aren't the things that God recognizes as important. All right? So working at stuff with all your might. Oh, I want to be good at this isn't the same in heavenly things, in godly things. Um, that doesn't mean hard work is wrong. Hard work and uh, working diligently in the things that God has given us to do is absolutely um, the right thing to do. However, if we're going to walk faithfully in obedience to the things of God, those are the things that we should be working at. So, when we have a look at poor Paul, I say poor Paul because when he went to Jerusalem, he knew some of the things that were going to happen to him. He knew it was no surprise that actually, he, where did he go? He went into the temple where everybody around him, if they knew what he had been up to, they were going to kill him. He went into not the darkest place, but a place of really high risk. And what did he go there for? What was, what was his purpose? Well, we're told the purpose was just to be open to the Jews so that they would be open to the gospel. That's the reason that uh, we, we see this story, that the persecution was still happening. Uh, Paul went there with a heart that was for the gospel, to spread the good news. He was being a faithful witness. So most of the commentators say that actually after this, obviously, that he gets sent to Rome. He appeals to, uh, he, <laughs> he, he appeals to Rome for justice. And that's how he ends up going to Rome. And we see all the letters and the epistles and so forth where Paul wrote so many letters. And so much of our New Testament has to do with, with Paul and uh, how the early church was developing. So Paul ends up going to Rome. And does anybody know what happened to Paul? Poor Paul. Okay. So uh, Paul, they reckon he was beheaded by Nero. And Nero was the one that actually set out all sorts of persecution. Um, Jesus has a, a statement to make about uh, what we do and how we do it. So I, I've got Matthew uh, 16, verse 22, um, with a few verses. Um, and uh, it was just after the disciples had just announced that they believed Jesus Christ. Jesus was the Christ. Jesus was the Christ. And Jesus says to them, you didn't actually get to understand this. Oh, thanks, James. You didn't get to understand this by your own intellect. Because becoming a Christian isn't because you're smart and you worked it out. 
uh, the reality for us all, if we know Jesus as our Savior, is the fact that the Holy Spirit revealed that to us. It's grace that made us, helped us, did all the work for us. Peter took him aside, verse 22, and began to rebuke Jesus, saying, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. So Jesus was just talking about his own persecution and his own crucifixion. And there's Peter saying to Jesus, no, no, you, you mustn't do it. And in one regard, it's a little bit like the saints who were traveling with Paul, who were saying, if you go to Jerusalem, they're going to persecute you and they're going to kill you. And here's Jesus saying, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their lives will lose them. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each poor person according to what they have done. I wonder what the cross is we're being called to pick up. Because we're today's disciples, aren't we? That's you and me. We're being called by Jesus to pick up our cross and carry it daily. Now, in another place, we're called to be God's disciples or Jesus' disciples or witnesses throughout to the ends of the earth. So... Um, there are one or two small ones in, so I won't uh, read any of this book to you. <laughs> uh, this is a book called uh, Jesus Freaks, uh, and it's by DC Talk. Uh, I got this book, uh, the original copy that uh, I had of this book, 20 years ago. And it's just an amazing book that will break your heart and inspire you. Anybody read it? Jesus Freaks? A few around the room? Okay, Jesus Freaks is about old and modern-day Christians who have been martyred. Just, just breaks your heart, inspires you, and makes you ask questions about your own witness. DC Talk, it's just a great book, well worth the read if you can cope with the tears. I bought a second copy because I gave one away. And as if you were reading this, you would find I've highlighted it in different colours around good, great, and God. All right, so that's how I've highlighted it, <laughs> where I see God talking at it. Uh, and it's just one of those things that you think, goodness me, what's going on in, 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 uh, in the world? Because on the one side, we can read the book of Acts and hear stories of people being persecuted, etc. And uh, I really felt out of this scripture... Bible heroes. Why are they heroes? Because actually they're giving up their lives, their time, and, uh, and risking all sorts of persecution. And uh, I was looking out 
for different examples in the last few weeks, month, etc., about this. And uh, the last foreign secretary just got replaced in July, uh, Jeremy Hunt. He'd commissioned a report about, uh, about religious persecution around the world. Did anybody hear in the news about it? Yeah, a, a few of you. Okay. Um, and uh, so he commissioned the report, and uh, the report was talking about uh, real concerns um, about Christian persecution around the world. Uh, one of the key factors that they have in the report is that around about 80% of religious persecution around the world is actually against Christians. And when you think about the numbers of people around the world, how huge that is. So around about 80% of all religious persecution around the world is against Christians. And uh, in the report, uh, Hunt made some, uh, some, some comments about political correctness that played a part in, um, in the issue not being confronted. Um, and uh, talked about alarms over China's church crackdown. So uh, there's, over the last 20 years, there's been increasing freedom in China. It was, used to be terrible, but then we saw more and more Bibles were allowed in, Christians, churches were okay. But more recent times, last few years, there's been some real crackdowns on um, what we call a free church. Um, um, religious persecution uh, and threats to everybody. Um, the genocidal acts against Christians... Um, it talks about how the, in certain parts of the world, um, Christians are almost being wiped out. Now, don't forget, this is a report that is made by, yes, there were a number of Christians involved in doing some of the research, but actually when you look at uh, a number of occasions where prophets have said, Lord, I'm the only one left, and God says, no, I've got 10,000 actually, you just don't know about them. So when we're looking at what these numbers mean, we have to take heart that God is in control. Uh, it warned about areas of high risk and so forth uh, and identifies Christianity in Palestine has reduced to less than 1.5% of the population. Uh, Christianity in Iraq has gone from 1.5 million Christians in 2003 to a present-day number of 120,000, which is a reduction of some 1.3 million Christians. Now, I'm not saying all those are killed, but they certainly transitioned them out of the country, etc. Right, so uh, when we're having a look at Christianity and biblical heroes, what does that mean to us today? What does that mean to us today? Hmm. Biblical heroes. Here we live in a nation where, if I tell you I'm a Christian at work, okay, what's the worst that's going to happen to me? Oh, yeah, 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 they can tell their friends and they can do this, that and the other, etc. And they can maybe be able to ridicule me, they might be able to be sarcastic, they might be able to do all sorts of things to me, all right, that might make me feel... A little bit persecuted, maybe. 
Maybe, okay. And uh, maybe if my neighbours knew, maybe if um, strangers uh, that I meet, I told, etc. What's the worst that will happen to me in our culture? Actually, if you were doing it somewhere in London on a tube and uh, uh, and you were sitting next to someone, you were told them a Christian, you you never know, you could end up getting beaten up or whatever. Uh, But um, the the likelihood in our nation, uh, the persecution of Christians might limit my options might get me a little bit of persecution, maybe from family, maybe from friends, maybe from colleagues. I wonder what the cross is I'm asked to pick up and carry each day. When I, when I was uh, finishing off and thinking, right, well, what do I finish with? Here we are, on time. It's just amazing. God must have been in some of this. Uh, so by we walking in faithful obedience, I think it's my last slide, uh, but walking in faithful obedience in the plans God has for us to be his witnesses. All right? I, I really believe that when we're looking at biblical heroes, that's what made them heroes, that they were willing to walk in obedience no matter what the cost was. Sometimes it was for others, sometimes it's personal witnesses. Uh, in Jesus Freaks, there are some terrible stories about people who are persecuted and uh, actually they die on their own. And who knew about their sacrifice? Well, one really important person knows about their sacrifice, and that's Jesus. And when he takes them home, it will be good and faithful servants. Not because they gave their life, but because they lived their life for him. Sometimes when we witness, you know, sometimes we will be persecuted by those Jesus came to save. Just like Paul on the steps of the barracks with everybody wanting to kill him, he wanted them to know the good news. If we are obedient in our witness, you know, we become heavenly people on earth for people to see. So that's where my uh, challenge came. Um, The last thing I had while I was sitting in my seat earlier was, who will go? Who will go? Into dark places. And uh, I just felt that that was a challenge for one or two people here. Maybe God has been speaking to you about going and doing something. And uh, I I, I think... uh, something around this word will um, prompt you a little and maybe confirm something to you. All right. uh, I hope you've been challenged. I certainly was uh, when I was doing it. I'm going to hand back to... Okay. So, um, let's pray. Okay. Um, can we sa- stand as witnesses all together? Let's all stand as witnesses. If you've got babes in arms, cuddle them and all that. That's great. Okay. So I'm going to pray uh, for faithfulness to witness. Father God, I, I, Lord Jesus, it's you that we witness about. You're our beloved and you love us. We want to be able to tell more and more people about you because we love you, because we know your love for us. Lord, a faithful witness, a witness of testimonies of healing, witnessing of how wonderful you've healed our lives, telling people 
the great, great news of all that you've done. Lord, I pray that you would help us. Give us, a, give us a willingness to lay down our lives for you like you laid out, down your life for us. Lord, let us not consider cost in the way that the world does, but let us walk as heroes in your gospel. Lord, and for anybody that's here that has been prompted about going, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would just confirm it in their hearts about whatever that going was. Lord, you give them clarity. Lord, and I, I also pray that you, you would make doors open, that they wouldn't have to keep knocking on doors or pushing it, but you would open the doors clearly so that they know your hands on things. Lord, we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk.